Hey, boy, this is your commercial. Houston, we have a problem. This place is Dollsville. Duh. How can you get the buzz chewing freeze-dried beer? What? Huh? It's Sons McDuff. Where the shuttlecraft is genuine draft. Ha ha! Oh, buddy. Duh. The official beer of NASA, National Association of the Sellers of Alcohol. Yay! Why does a dog have human girlfriends? People do crazy things in ads, like eat at Arby's. Four-finger discount, dude. Welcome to Four Figure Discount. This week we are here to review episode EABF14. It is Old Yellowbelly. I'm Dando. I am Guy, also known as an affront to God himself. <laughs> I thought you'd be Old White Belly. Yeah? Actually, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm the one that when you're sort of patting everyone's heads, where's Baldy? <laughs> I really enjoyed this episode. I thought it was a lot of fun. I remember really enjoying it, and yeah, it did not disappoint. I thought just. Homer, you could you could see. I mean, you could say he was a, a bit, he was horrible to the dog, but I mm. feel like his anger was justified, despite the fact that everyone else also bailed on him. It wasn't just the dog's fault. That's but true. <laughs> I just think this episode just had the the feeling and the vibe of, of like a a season like nine through to like eleven episode. You know, it, it doesn't feel season fourteen's been pretty good. We've been saying this a few times now, but I feel like this feels like an episode that could have come four ye- four years ago. Mm. Oh, we, we don't often disagree, Dando, mm-hmm. and I'm not going to disagree strongly with you, mm-hmm. but uh, much like uh, Homer in the Burning Treehouse, it was kind of like, mm, you know, hot at one end, uh, cold at the other end, and sort of mm, okay in the middle. This was okay in the middle. This was yep. a- I was not left uh, offended by this episode, but nor was I transported to a better place. It was just like, oh, yeah, that happened. And I got a couple of, couple of smirks out of it, a couple of giggles. Uh, but considering, as he said, that uh, season 14 has actually been pleasantly surprising in previous episodes, this one was just pleasant. Okay, yeah. I, I, see, I'm just a sucker for Duffman. Any episode that has a lot of Duffman in it just always gets me. And I think that's why I like the, the Hunger Strike episode, Hungry Hungry Homer and things like that, <laughs> because there's a lot of Duffman. And he's. I think he, Duffman is my favorite character in all of the Simpsons because wow. you're usually getting him short bursts but when he's on screen he's always hilarious <laughs> but so what didn't you like about the episode I don't know I think I'd reached maybe the two-thirds or even three-quarters mark and was like that feel like a lot's happened here even though stuff had clearly happened you know I mean they'd lost their dog to his original owner a nice callback to one of the very first episodes indeed mm. probably the it? first episode the very first episode yep yeah Things actually happen, but none of them really seem to sort of land or stick for me. Uh, you know, the stuff with Duffman sort of falling from grace. It, it seemingly came out of nowhere that he's passed out on um, Duff the Seventh's couch, you know, with a bit of a bit of puke on his Duffman outfit. I'm like, I would have liked to have seen some build up to that. Like, you know, Duffman just partying too hard and losing it and, you know, having to make a bit of a come. I, w- I think I would, probably would have preferred if this was more of a... Duffman-centric episode, because like you, I do enjoy him very much. I don't know if he's my favourite character, uh, but I think I would have liked, yeah, a little more if the two storylines of this episode or parallel storylines had been the fall, then rise of Duffman, 
and then the rise then back to normal of Spuds Mc- Suds McDuff? Suds McDuff. Suds McDuff, yeah. Sorry. Very easy to confuse him with uh, that, Spuds that McKenzie, great yeah. hand, Spuds McKenzie. God <laughs> bless you, sir. Or, or madam. I don't know. Was, was Spuds may have been non-binary. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> so, I guess that- Yeah. Look, the worst kind of review or analysis is one where it's like, well, that's how I would have done it, but- that's how I would have done it. <laughs> no, yeah, I can I can completely understand that. I um, but yeah, I, I just I will give you that. I feel like I, I'm the opposite. I feel like there was a lot of a lot going on, but it wasn't delved into enough. So you said, for example, that Duff Man. Hmm. So that they also brought up yeah, as well as you mentioned the original owner of Santa's Little Helper. Yeah, that's almost like an episode in itself. So at the end. They're like, okay, well, we've got the original owner here. And all of a sudden, he just goes, ah, you should go to a family that loves you. And then he's gone. Yeah. I was like, ah, but, but what? Like, yeah. Send him out like a prick. He's like, I don't want you anymore if you're not a famous dog. Get out yeah, of here. Yeah. He's not supposed to. Yeah, exactly. It should be like, uh, <laughs> uh, not, not it should because I mean, I'm not a Simpsons writer, but I felt like that just got wrapped up way too simply. It's like he was a horrible human being. He didn't want anything to do with the dog until... Yeah, you know, he was making money. And all of a sudden, he's just like, oh, yeah, oh, you're a good dog. You deserve to go to a family that loves you. And I'm like, mm. what? I think they <laughs> thought maybe Santa's little helper had been through enough in that episode. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Between being shunned by Homer, choked by Homer at one stage. Can't condone that. And then overworked by his Forced new owner. to go on Regis and Kelly. God, my Lord. <laughs> <laughs> With Regis. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'd love to watch some more Regis just just because the bits I've seen of him and the impressions I've seen of him, he just seems so interesting. You know, the way he sort of conducts himself. I'm Regis. He he, he seems like he... A good catchphrase for him would have been outrageous. Outrageous. (laughs) He just seems... Regis seems like a kind of person who doesn't realise... It's like, I feel like he'd be like that off camera as well. Like he just doesn't... he's, he's, He's just like, where am I? What's going on? What? I want a show? What? (laughs) <laughs> like, you watch my show I'm glad you enjoy it yeah <laughs> but uh, but yeah getting back to my point I just think that a lot was going on in this episode that wasn't it wasn't really focused but still I I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it I do also enjoy episodes around the animals as well I was getting Futurama vibes watching this episode and then it dawned on me obviously because there's an episode in mm. season one of Futurama with, uh, with Slurms McKenzie where they go to the, the Slurm factory <laughs> which is pretty much just this story but it came four years prior <laughs> is that the party worm the party worm, yeah. That's right, yeah. Look, it's been a long time since I've watched Futurama. I feel like the listeners out there would want to hear your take on some Futurama. Well, let's put it out there. Uh, if anyone is interested in, say, a Dando and Guy review of a Futurama episode, not Jurassic Park, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I think we'd be happy to do it. Uh, let's yeah. make it a maybe a 2022 project because we're racing to the end of 2021 yeah we are 2022 is going to be a big year by the way guys for four figure discount so like because just raising a child with with a reflux and a fucking madman of a three-year-old in the household it's just been hard to get some consistency but 2022 kicking off we've put this big schedule together of recording dates and release dates so you've got your four finger discount you're talking seinfeld uh yeah yeah, going down to South Park and the one about friends, the four podcasts we do on the Four Finger Discount Network, they're all going to be up as they're supposed to be per schedule for you guys. You're going to enjoy it. 2022 is going to be the year for Four Finger Discount and for you listeners as well. And we do appreciate the fact that you've been patient and you've stuck around with us for so long. But yeah, just want to give you guys a heads up at 2020, 2022. It's, that's a bit of a tongue twister. Bob Bruno, you're not, not here for this one. 20, 2022 is going to be a big year for us. 
13, 13, 32. Let's just call it, <laughs> let's just call it 22. Let's do it. Let's do that. Yes. 22. But that's that. They, those are the four pillars that will, uh, be the tent poles mm-hmm. of the four finger discount, uh, network channel yes. experience. The, experience. the four oh, finger discount experience featuring Dando, <laughs> <laughs> starring Dando featuring Guy. Uh, but underneath that uh, tent, there'll also be some movie guy stuff. Uh, there'll be, of course, uh, retrospective episodes, Simpsons classics, all that kind of stuff. Some new ideas that Dando and I are uh, fermenting. Mm. So, oh goodness me! Oh, stick around and 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 tell some friends. Yes, do so, do so. So I really liked the start of this episode. A, because it didn't, it at least made sense that led to the main story. But I liked the, the opening with the kids because I always enjoy when the kids are being kids. <laughs> we discussed last week how Lisa is sometimes used as just the voice of the writers and she acts older than her age, which she did in the Do Where's My Ranch episode. She was acting like a, a, a moody teenager. <laughs> but here, she was just a little girl having a tea party with her friends and the boys <laughs> were just being boys, being you know up to mischief. I like that. I like it when the kids are being kids. So I really enjoyed the opening couple of minutes of this episode. True. I I must admit, when the new treehouse was built, and this shows, uh, sorry, a bit of lack lack of Simpsons knowledge on my part. By the way, Dando's drinking something. This is all audio, so you can't see it. But uh, it's a fucking beer because I need it. Is that a beer? <laughs> I was about to say, wow. <laughs> <laughs> you know, shit's going down at the Dando house. I want Dando drinking a beer. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get through this as quickly as we can, so Dando can <laughs> pour himself another one. <laughs> oh, no, I want to stay. I want to stay in here. I want to avoid what's happening out there. Oh. <laughs> this is gonna be a three-hour podcast, guys. Sit down, get yourself get yourself comfortable. <laughs> okay. Um, as I was saying, a, a, a lack of Simpsons uh, expertise on my part because when the treehouse burnt down and a new one was built, did it burn down? Or wasn't it? Didn't I thought it just exploded? Oh, I mean the the new new one. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. The yeah, first one explode. Oh, yeah. Explodes, yep, yep. Explodes. Um, second one burns down. I thought, for some reason, I thought, is this someone where James Kahn shows up and they, like, turn the treehouse into a, like, a penthouse uh, or the Playboy Mansion or something? Or am I just thinking of an entirely different episode or am I just mixing stuff up? Uh, well, there's one where, the, where Marge, with the gambling episode and, oh, fuck, who's, he sings Jingle Bells. What's his name? Wayne Newton? No, 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 no. Uh, okay, where's the episode where, Jim, where Jimmy Kahn comes on to Mrs. K? Jimmy Kahn comes on to Mrs. K. I'm, right, I'm, by, by the way, Robert Goulet is the person, by the way. Oh, okay. That's in an episode. Um, he's, he, he, he sort of works at the treehouse. James Kahn on The Simpsons? Pretty sure he was. James Kahn, Simpsons. I don't remember this. He hits on- James Kahn, star yeah. of The Godfather. I know who James Kahn is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling I'm just, the listeners, I know. He was in All's Fair in Oven War. And who did he play in this? He appears in Bart's Lodge and appears to be dating Brandine. I have no idea. Uh, you've completely lost me. And maybe it's somebody else that you're thinking of. He was in The Simpsons. Yes, I, I'm aware. That. It's, it's on this episode, All's Fair and Oven War, which is still to come in season 16, but I oh, don't okay. remember him cracking on to Mrs. K. I don't know. You've well, lost maybe me it was Brandine. I, I, I'm, I'm mixing stuff up. It's It's been a heavy day, and I don't have a beer like you. <laughs> but anyway, no, it was not that episode. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Bart invites him to Bart invites James Kahn to his treehouse as a guest at his play dude party. Well, there you go. Fuck. So you know more about Simpsons than what I do sometimes. I don't think I've ever seen. Or I reckon I've probably seen that episode. I have no recollection of it though. So that's something to look forward to. James Kahn's always fun. James Kahn is always fun. <laughs> we did get a James Kahn parody on the Marge, didn't we? With Marge kicking the shit out of that guy. That's right. <laughs> and also, um, 
Well, just getting a, shot. Just a yeah. recent episode with, um, yeah, with the shooting and all that kind of stuff. The snowballs. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> but enough about that. Enough about that. Let's get into our favourite moments. Let's. Hey, my favourite. So there was some you didn't like about this episode. There was some you thought was meh. But there was some that you did like, I'm assuming. What was it, Mr. The, Davis? There were, of course, some bits and pieces that I liked. Uh, as a, an avowed fan of wordplay, I was a big fan of King of Sir Pac- uh, Six Pakistan. What was that on? They announced Sud's um, King King of Six Pakistan. Okay, yep, yep. <laughs> I, I quite like that. Uh, and, of course, always happy to see and especially hear a wise guy, no matter what he's doing, no matter if he's driving a cab or, in this case, a dry cleaner. <laughs> Points out that uh, the rips in uh, comic book guy's Batman suit are not there is are not from the Riddler. That's just your ass. <laughs> <laughs> I really enjoyed. Are you there, guard? It's me, <laughs> Duffman. <laughs> <laughs> Always a pleasure to see you, Duffman. Uh, and. <laughs> Homer's hams in this episode, the various hams. But at the end in particular, when she's like, I've only got this ham and that ham. Marge, they're just hams, okay? <laughs> I just want a ham. <laughs> very um, very auspicious timing given that Christmas is coming up and I'm yeah. looking forward to getting a dirty great ham and just, you know, having leftovers off that for, I don't know, <laughs> a week after Christmas. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, sorry, there was one other thing that I did enjoy. Um... I thought the whole Amish kind of sidetrack was a bit of a sidetrack. I didn't mind it. But one bit that I really dig was um, the Amish guy fighting the devil in the hayloft with a pitchfork. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Just, um, there were some good little random throwaway gags in here that I enjoyed, and that was probably one of my favourites. Next question. You there, eating the paste. Trivia for old yellow belly. Can I kick off this week? Of course you can. I'm going to kick off with one that you've already spoiled. What is the name of comic book guy's ass? <laughs> the Riddler. The Riddler, yes. Who's your, by the way, who's your favourite Batman villain who's, who's appeared in film? Hmm. Is Catwoman a villain? Yeah, we'll say anti-hero villain. Yeah. Okay, villain. yeah. yeah. yeah um, she, um, she Michelle Pfeiffer is Catwoman in Batman Returns. Okay. I think purely based on just, it was the first Batman movie that I remember loving, I really enjoyed Riddler. It was just so... I know, I'm just being a kid going, that guy's fucking crazy. <laughs> but it just it just seemed fun. Like those movies were made for kids. Mm. And I watch it now and I enjoy them because I have that nostalgia to them. Yeah. But I feel like that's what the Batman films are lacking now, is they've gone too dark. They have, yeah. I mean look they as need much to bring as I'm the, bring the fun back. Yeah, as much as I'm looking forward to the Robert Pattinson one that's coming out next year, it's like, uh did we already sort of do this with the Nolan ones and the, yeah. and, and Affleck and the Snyder ones? Like eh. now we see beat the shit out of people. I'm like, yeah, but yeah. At, yeah, yeah so cool. it would be nice to have a bit of. I don't think we need to go all the way to back to pow, zap, zoom, no. pure west. But but, but I want uh, some. Let's start this party with a bang. Yeah, something a bit <laughs> like that. Now, having said that, the other um, B- Batman villain that I do like on screen is yeah. is probably Tom Hardy as Bane. Actually, okay. I just, I just, even even despite the voice, I love the voice. <laughs> I think the voice is fantastic. It's just that grey opening scene as well. It's like if I take that mask off, will you die? It'd be extremely painful. You look you look like a big guy. For you, <laughs> it's like this, I was born in it. Yes, yeah, he, <laughs> he doesn't sound like he can fuck you up. I mean, he sounds like he should be having tea with Alfred or something. So we. Sh- Talking like this. I feel like a family Christmas. Now. It's like, Uncle Tom, can you please? I'm not doing it. 
please just do the Bane voice. Go away, children. <laughs> I want you to have a Merry Christmas. <laughs> Peace on Earth. And goodwill to all men. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I, I just really dig that. I, I, I like Tom Hardy's Bane a lot. Did he actually do the voice or was that just like changed digitally? I reckon he must have. I think he I think he just revels in doing voices like that. How the fuck could you keep a straight face? <laughs> I must admit <laughs> that it'd be really interesting the first meeting you have with Christopher Nolan and said, you know, I, I know I know Bane's muscle bound and terrifying and all that. How about if he talks like this? <laughs> Christopher Nolan's like, taking the piss? <laughs> Honey, you've done it again. Ah, <laughs> oh, Tom, honey. <laughs> nice work. Uh, but, I mean, it's like with Venom, though. I mean, I mean, he, d- he does the Venom voices as well. Yeah, you know, I, think, does, yeah. I think he just really enjoys playing with every tool in his actor's toolbox, and the voice is one of them. So, sorry, yeah, we've yeah. gone off a bit, but, yeah. No, that's fine. Yeah, yeah. But it's always fun to do the pain voice. <laughs> <laughs> What's your first question? Oh, yeah, that's right. We're doing trivia. Um, what is the code name... Or the operation name of spying on the girls. Ooh, is there something? Has it got cooties in it? Uh, cooties were mentioned, but no, it's. Oh, oh okay. I, I, what was I it? Kid, want to say? Is it database? The kid's name? Database. Yeah. Yeah. He says. Uh, oh, it, it, it's Operation Ladybug. Ladybug. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I didn't figure out that one, but I always do enjoy me some database. My next question is: How many species of what were dying? So, Lisa mentions it during the tea party. Oh, yeah. Was it 11? No. What rhymes with 11? Seven. Seven. (laughs) Okay. So, what rhymes with the other thing? (laughs) What rhymes with bum drops? Oh, gum drops. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you very much, Dana. I'm not accepting a point for that. (laughs) You ain't getting one. (laughs) Oh. Oh. What's your next question? No points for car. (laughs) God, I'm going to do that all episode now. Um, at the Mennonite, Mennonite dice game, how many craps? Oh, three? That is correct. Okay, I don't know how I fucking remember that one. My <laughs> final question is, what was the answer for the game show when Santa's Little Helper was in the game show? Oh, God damn it. Your last question? <laughs> no, no, I was going to write this down. Uh, um, okay. Things you- Something to do with a sandwich? No, as it used to be. Okay, here's going to be an elaborate clue, right? Wow. No, my, early, my. early 90s, maybe even early to mid 90s, mm-hmm. Australian game show with Tim Ferguson. Is that his name? Tim Ferguson. Oh, yeah. Things you do with a toothbrush. Yes. Yeah, so, what. Uh, oh, that show's called Don't Forget Your Toothbrush. toothbrush but what, yes. the, the clue was things your. Something toothbrush. <laughs> things your toothbrush might say. Oh. <laughs> I'm not accepting a point for that either. <laughs> <laughs> I had more questions, but I'll, let's just go with one. All righty. Duff is aged in what, according to Duffman? Duff is aged in what? It's a particular type of wood. Hmm. I don't know. What is it? It's, I was about to say it rhymes with rich wood. It is, in fact, beech wood. Beech wood. There you go. Beech wood yeah, aged. When did he mention that? Um, I think when they found him at the uh, the homeless shelter and he started- oh, okay, and he was he started his life to, on track. Yeah, he started to start thinking about Duff again and what's oh, delightful, aroma, aromas and tastes. Barry, Barry Duffman, give it yes. a rest, Barry. All right, that is trivia for Old Yellow Belly. We'll be right back after this quick break with our full in-depth review. Oh, yeah. 
Yes, it is indeed the first Patreon shoutouts for 2022. Let's kick off with a bang with our $20 patrons, starting with the Steamed Ham Champion, Dylan Haggett, as well as Jonathan Rossi, Zach Pruitt, Kevin Dental Plan Flood, Andrew Zer, Kane Von Nagy, Christopher Darby, Joel Yoland, Jordan Moleman, Richie, Katie G, Nick Barbaro, Daniel Kotnick, Shannon Hofer, Jenna Rice, Reese Roberts, Adam Sanderson, Matt Thompson, George McMenemy, Keith Nedham, Stephen Roberts, Ben Smith, Sean Devey, Bella Winderbank, The Iconic, June Fucking Richards, David Stewart, Tom Pickering, Mark Boston Burgess, Groundskeeper Noah, and Mr. Seth Weens. Thank you so much, guys, for your ongoing support here, supporting the channel, supporting the show. Also, shout-outs to our new $5 plus patrons. We have Sadie Boy, Jordan Hodgson, Little E, Machiavellian Productions, Tammy Maidler, Melissa Kravitz, Chance Walker, Zach the Ripper, Adam, Sheridan Sinclair, Ben Wild, Mitchell Glass, and Vlad the Third. You guys are all absolute champions. Remember, guys, if you do enjoy everything we do here at Four Finger Discount and you want to show some support and get access to a bunch of exclusive podcasts in return, including early access to all the other shows we do here, including this one, you're just going to be a Four Finger Discount patron at patreon.com slash fourfingerdiscount. But enough about that. It's now time to sit back and enjoy a review of Old Yellowbelly. The original air date of Old Yellowbelly was May the 4th, 2003 on Star Wars Day. Was oh. it? No, it was a year after Attack of the Clones came out. Yeah, I think that was 2002. Yeah, and we'd all lost hope. <laughs> <laughs> a, a blue hope. Yeah, it was written by John Frink and Don Payne. John Frink was still working on the show. I'm not sure about Don Payne. He could also possibly be working on the show. Directed by Bob Anderson. Uh, the chalkboard gag, My Pen is Not a Booger Launcher. And the couch gag was the take on Lunchtime Atop a Skyscraper. By the way, Dando, was it last episode that you said, hey, they don't really do the um, the board gag anymore? I was about to, I was literally about to say I liked that they obviously maybe they, they didn't have enough to fill the episode, but we've got the full intro. It's been so long since I've had mm. the full intro. Watching, the, I, I I do skip it occasionally, but when I'm when I'm watching it for the first time, well, if I'm doing when I do, cause you know how I say I watch it, then I do the review watch. So I watch it, take it all in. When I do the original, the initial watch, I don't skip the intro, and I like that this one had the full intro because it just gets me into the mood for The Simpsons. And I, maybe that's why I felt somewhat like I could have felt like an an older episode because it's been so long since we've had the intro. I was just like, oh yeah, the intro's back. It's, it's, a, it's an older episode. It's just, you, it just, I don't know. You raise a very valid point there. Now, I'm going to bring the room down a little bit. Oh, uh, as you always do. Bow, bow. <laughs> Doing my Debbie Downer voice. Um, you mentioned how John Frink is still writing for the show. Yeah. Don Payne is unfortunately not writing for the show anymore because he passed away in 2013. Oh, I did not know that. Okay, rest in peace, Don Payne. That's a shame. Mm. Good for you for knowing that. Well, did, has he worked on other things, or did you know? Did you look this up? I, I had a feeling that he had died uh, a few years back, but I just did a bit of a double check then, and yes, it was well, twenty thirteen that he, he shuffled off this mortal coil and went to that great animation studio in the sky, or the great in, writers' room in the sky. Yes, that's true. Rest in peace, Mister Don Payne. The episode kicks off with Homer. So he just randomly finds Maggie in the trash in the backyard. For some reason, I thought that was funny. Yes, okay, there's just something to do in the backyard. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, but the first character we see is Santa's little helper. Doesn't do anything, he's just there, he's asleep. Mm. But they, they plant the seed, Santa's little helper is going to mean something in this episode. Mm. We pan up to the hole in the underwear gang, they're singing their song, their club song. Millhouse reads through the minutes from the from the meetings. And by the way, the something I had remembered from this episode because there's always one little random bit. Yeah, okay, that yeah. you remember. And from this episode, it's gone. Oh, this is 
where it had Nelson singing, because she's dead. It's like, I remember that for some reason. Yeah, for some reason. There's always little things that you remember. That's right. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Um, Martin looks through the, uh, the, is it a periscope or a telescope? I think that's a periscope. Periscope, yeah, because up. And, um, he, he's spying around Springfield. This is where we get the comic book guy with his um his <laughs> pants that have been shredded by the Riddler. And he comes across Lisa's tea party. Uh, it's funny how boys always just think the girls are plotting against them. Oh, They're yeah. plotting against us. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I don't know what it is, but why why are we such dicks when we're younger? We want to spoil... Like, girls are having fun. We want to ruin their fun. Obviously, we don't have that sexual connection to, to, to girls yet. But is it why, why do we want to make girls' lives hell? I mean, we do it when mm. we're older for different reasons, but... Why do we want to go out of our way when we're kids to ruin the party for girls? I think even if you don't have, like, that biological, I guess, sexual urge, you've still got, like, stirrings of it when you're young. It's like, they're different and they're interesting and I need them to pay attention to me in some way. Mm -hmm. And- It's the only way we know how. And this is the only way I know how. Charm and, you know, finesse and grace and all that is just- not in the toolkit <laughs> at that stage. Unless, of course, you're me, because I was just junior, junior James Bond. Um, no, that's not true. Um, so, you're just sort of like, eh, you know, and they're different to you, or different from you if you're a boy. Or, yep. yeah, so, and not without wishing to sort of engage in too many stereotypes, like, um, you seem to have a better handle on things than we do. They always have, and they always will. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Thank God for Louise and Nicola. Indeed. <laughs> so, Database now sets up the audio. Uh, per- perfect character to be setting it up. And I, just, I-, I always wanted to try this when I was a kid because you see it on TV and it's like, surely this can't work. <laughs> for oh, some reason. cans in a string. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like when you're a kid, it just yeah, I believed it worked. I just never tried it because I was like, oh, it happened on TV. It must be true. And um, <laughs> Lisa's discussing how global warming, global warming sorry, is, um, is, is ruining... Like Rainbow World or something, is it? The land beyond the rainbow. That's right. For the unicorns and stuff like that. And then she notices the microphone and um, they, they have the big tug of war, don't they? Yeah. Has, has Greta Thunberg been on The Simpsons? Mm, I hope not. Actually, I do hope that her and Lisa have a war of words. That'd be funny. <laughs> because she basically is Lisa Simpson. Like, I'm not just Lisa Simpson. Yeah. I'm just imagining Lisa saying, how dare you? But, uh, <laughs> I'm looking it up now. Greta Simpsons. Uh, no, but there's a lot of comparisons with Greta and, and okay. uh, the, the Simpsons did it first, Greta. <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, but yeah, so they had the big tug of war, which results in the um, the treehouse exploding. But before that, though, I liked Millhouse. Nobody told me they'd be pulling. <laughs> you, get, you get a lot of good Millhouse wimpiness. Yeah, yeah. Um, this whole thing. T- I mean, I love that when it explodes. It's like, oh, skinned elbows. Time for some mom pity. Time to score some pity. <laughs> Homer then says he'll build a new treehouse. And <laughs> judging by the, your intro to this episode, I'm, I'm assuming you'd like to take this next moment. What does he say? He calls so it grand. A, it'll be an affront to God himself. <laughs> he drives past the lumberyard. Only losers buy wood. Uh, to me, this, this whole scheme just felt very early Simpsons. Even the, did, the Homer, yeah. even the Homer giggle as he's driving past the no trespassing <laughs> scene and things like that. He pulls up the abandoned track. <laughs> this track's been abandoned for a train comes. Uh, nothing beats flying across the country on a train. <laughs> it was so strange, that bit. I mean, it felt like a setup for a, a gag, but it wasn't really a gag. It was just something that happened. 
Yeah, I guess. It's the kind of thing that happened in earlier Simpsons, though, where they just took advantage of the fact that it was an animated comedy. And I they guess, could do yeah. shit like this. But yeah, I understand what you're saying, though. It wasn't really a, a joke. It just sort of happened. Mm. Yeah. Homer and Lisa are then looking at the blueprints. Unfortunately, it's for a go-kart track. <laughs> I'm impressed that you drew up blueprints, but these are for a go-kart track. Mm. Did Frank Lloyd Wright have to deal with people like you? Actually, Frank Lloyd Wright endured a lot of harsh criticism. Look, I have no idea who Frank Lloyd Wright is. He said his name two seconds ago. I was just putting words together. Bart blows the sawdust, and this results in Homer and Bart just getting very distracted, hitting each other with different tools and filling their mouth up and whatnot. And Marge is like, all right, it's time to call in the pros who are the Amish. Hmm. And as you said here, I've got here, the Satan in the shed was pretty funny. Just whistling, walking away, getting away just in time. Marge is very impressed with how industrious the Amish are. Not like those measly Mennonites. <laughs> Shifting Mennonites just throwing dice in the corner. I'm not sure what the difference between the Amish and the Mennonites actually is. I'm pretty sure Mennonites are ones that will go out and they will live their lifestyle, but they'll still interact with society. Oh, okay. Where Amish go and live in there. They have yeah. that, that week away or whatever, but they mostly live away. Rumspringer. What's the name of the bad guys in Hellraiser? Not Mennonites, but it sounds like that. Cenobites. Cenobites, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> and also the dog food tasty bites. Yes. One the- second, mate. Elliot is just freaking out at the door. Hang on one second. Go ahead. Hello. Hi, Uncle Kai. I'm going to bust my teeth. Very good. See, he thinks you're a good boy. Yes. I'm going to do nanas now. No, no, Elliot. Have a good sleep, buddy. See you later. See you later. See you later. So it's now time for the grand opening party. And unfortunately, though... Yeah, it's all going yeah. well. You know, all the, the, the elite of Springfield are all there, as well as the non-elite. But then... Yeah, Mole Man gets tapped up. Yeah. Nice little I like that Bart knows who Mole Man is. Mole Man! Mole Man! <laughs> but who knows more about electricity than the Amish, you know? And unfortunately, <laughs> that doesn't go to plan. A fire starts out and the ice sculpture of Homer falls on top of him as he's trying to escape. Everyone else flees, but he gets stuck because the ice sculpture is on him. He asks the dog for help, but the dog runs away. I mean, I, I can understand why you'd be scared because it's a fire and fires are fucking hot and fucking scary. But still, come on, says little helper. You've got to try and at least attempt to save him. But no, even if, the fact that he comes back inside, he gets the turkey, goes back out again. Yeah, I know. That's what I loved. And he's like, I took you for a walk once. Marge then, you know, she's going through the um the family, the family head count, as you mentioned at the start of the podcast. Where's Baldy? She, uh, Snowball 2 here takes it upon herself to go in and wake up Homer with a scratch him on the, on the chest, I think it was, you know. Well, yeah, but also it starts off with the uh, traditional cat thing because basically the cat uh, has mm. done this on occasion. Well, when it's time to wake up and I want some breakfast, you get a little sort of tap on the noggin. Yeah, it's a, it's a traditional cat move. It's like if they're not total not pricks, all the time, cats. I mean, they get a bad rep. But, uh, yeah, basically the cat was like, excuse me, um, breakfast time? <laughs> Flames, searing pain, a black cat, I must be in heaven. But he jumps out the window onto the net, which was not there. (laughs) Homer then kicks Santa's little helper out of the house and he's always all really, really sad. No, even even locks the doggy door. I know, he tries to enter the doggy door. (laughs) When you come back from commercial, Snowball 2 is now treated like a hero. Treated well because, I mean, she deserves it. She's She's a hero cat. Hero cat, yeah, I mean, but not just uh, revered in the Simpson household, but all around town. Oh, I just love that, that he's carrying him around on the pillow. 
<laughs> but before that, uh, Senator Hubble wants the attention. Uh, we're, we're at Moe's here. So Moe says to Senator Hubble, get out, you unsanitary, blah, blah, blah. Then eats food around <laughs> Senator Hubble. Uh, so, sorry, around Snowball too. Even lifting up the tail at some stage. Lifting up the ass, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, though, we kiss our animals. We, what, what, are you affectionate with, with, with Cat Basie? I mean, Doc, do you kiss him and all that kind of stuff? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, but even then, it's like, oh, you've had your paws in your litter. Yeah. <laughs> Homer's now walking around with Snowball 2 on, on a pillow and everyone just loves her. I think Sajay Mel says something. Then Quimby renames the Springfield Dog Park the Snowball 2 Municipal Cat Park sponsored by Buzz Cola with lemon. <laughs> mm, that's a lemony cola. I really enjoyed the touch of the dogs being annoyed at Santa's Little Helper because they don't have a dog park anymore. <laughs> I just love the interview with uh, with Ken Brockman. <laughs> Mr. Simpson, how long have you been a cat person? All my life, Kent. I prefer catsup to ketchup. And to me, Yusuf Islam will always be Cat Stevens. <laughs> Terrific stuff. You must really love the Broadway musical Cats. God, no, it sucks. Seems like you're quite the animal lover. Do you have any other pets? A dog, perhaps? Kent, let me make this perfectly clear. I have no dog. Strong words. Strong words from a strange man. Don't worry, boy. We'll get you out of the doghouse. Then you and Dad will be chasing butterflies together again. <laughs> but just not a fan of the musical Cats. Yeah. <laughs> no, that <What> sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's quite good. It's it's one of my favourite things when Homer gets really sort of just just sledges something, and he's done it twice in a couple of episodes. That's like, oh, suck, worse than nothing. Yeah, worse than nothing. <laughs> yeah, that's like cats. That sucks. <laughs> I don't. It's, it's immature, but I do enjoy it. Have you seen the movie yet, Cats? I have not. Um, I've heard it sucks. I've I've heard it sucks, but then I was I was never a fan of the uh, of the stage musical either. I saw a a local Geelong production back when I was reviewing theatre for the local newspaper, and I was like, "This show, really? This is the one that sort of I mean, it's got one or two very good numbers. I think Memory is a lovely song, but otherwise, it's just a bunch of people in cat leotards strutting around saying, "My name's Rum Tum Tugger." It's like <laughs> this shit's worse than Bane. <laughs> Maybe they, maybe they just need cats with Bane voices. Meow. I'm a Mubbity Pig. Or whatever the fuck its name is, I don't know. But uh, this is where Homer brings up the I have no dog, which dog. will come into play a little later. Strong words from a strange man. <laughs> I like I like Brockman's send-offs occasionally. He does well. Then Bart promises to help Sansel help her get him out of the doghouse and get him back into the good books. Lisa then tries to show him some inspiration by putting on Rin Tin Tin, the video of it, the VHS of it, because it's still 2003, and we still watch VHS occasionally in 2003. I think by this point, I was DVD. You had a player by then? Yeah. Still still taped off TV under VHS. I was still recording the Simpsons marathons and taped the wrestling and things like that, but if I was buying a movie, it was DVD by this point, I think. 2003? Yeah. Because I think the Simpsons DVDs came out the first season in 2001, so I was definitely DVD by this point. I think so, yeah. I'm trying to remember when I finally unplugged the VCR for good and just like, I'm not going to throw you away just yet. I'm going to put you in the back room. You may, there may be still, still some use for you at some stage, but uh, it's been a long time. Been a I've, long time. Got, I've still got the old school box TV set up in the garage for games like Duck Hunt and things like that. Oh, okay. So I do like pulling out my old Simpsons tapes sometimes, just putting the VHS in there. It just, it just 
makes it truly authentic. Well, that's the thing. I've got a I've got a box or two in cupboards here of of VHS tapes that you know stuff I would have taped off the TV or I'm not exactly sure what, but I've got nothing to play them. I'm, I'm pretty sure now someone who's got a VCR or I know how to get access to one. But uh, yeah, I'm trying to remember exactly when it was when I said. Ta-ta and farewell. <laughs> so long, clunky VHS. Time for the world of DVD. Do you have those movies where you've taped them off TV back in the day and you used to re-watch over and over again? Now when you watch it on like Blu-ray or whatever, you're expecting a commercial break at a certain point? This is uh, one of the nerdiest things I'm ever going to cop to. Okay. But uh, there'll be occasions... Yeah, there'll be occasions when I'm... Uh, watching like an old movie like that and yeah ex- ex- but exactly thinking oh man i wish i was watching this on some yeah just regional tv channel where you know they cut to commercial back and they go, we now return you to the howling which is already in progress <laughs> <laughs> i'd love that i mean honestly i think we should like start a youtube channel where you splice in old ads or something or you have like the um like the host these have like on fright night or something yeah you know cool what was he? He was the demon, wasn't he? Was he a demon? The, the, the Crypt Keeper. No, it was Tales oh, the, the Crypt. Crypt Keeper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some guy recently, I think for Halloween, did this thing. Because do you know those ambient videos where they have just like footage of, I think it's usually like computer animated or something. Like, it's eight hours of uh, storm noise as you're sitting on, a, on the patio and looking yeah. out at the rain. And it's just really sort of calming. This guy did something like that, but what he did was he got these public domain horror movies like Night of the Living Dead or these old black and white ones, and he sort of put them in an old-style TV and then put stuff around it, like, you know, a little Halloween jack-o'-lantern or whatever. So, you could just watch the movie, but it was like you were watching it on an old TV. That's cool. It was pretty neat, actually. (laughs) Yeah, because sometimes there's Simpsons episodes where- they used to always, always have a commercial break before like, the last 30 seconds of the episode was finished, mm. right? So, that final little ad break they snuck in. And when they used to play the commercials for the Simpsons episodes, they'd play the... Dun, 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 and it'd always <laughs> have the overlay of a couch gag. They always put a couch gag as sort of like the... And the Simpsons will be right back kind of thing. Oh, they, they have, like, coming up next on 10, it's Easter Eve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but to, to, the, the, the Simpsons would... They'd fade out to a couch gag with... Duh, 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 duh. Sometimes I'm watching an episode now and I'm still waiting for the music to start. It's, it's always for the one that was at the end of the episode, though. They're the ones that seem to stand out in my memory. Yeah, but yeah, it's just funny. And same with, like, E.T. I watch E.T. now, and I used to have this VHS tape of it off TV, and there's certain moments where I'm just like, and here comes the... Com- oh, there's no commercials. I just wish you could go back and just... to the time when it was on TV and watch, like, the original broadcast with the 1992 yeah. commercials of Channel 7. <laughs> that would be good, wouldn't it? <laughs> All right, anyway, back to the episode. <laughs> Enough nostalgia from old farts. Yes, that's <laughs> right. She shows the, the Rin Tin Tin video and, um, ah, it bits me right in the axis. Axis. Mm, taking a bite out of the Fuhrer. Yeah, then the, the poor mailman, get a moustache, grow a moustache, she said. <laughs> Gets attacked by Sarah's little helper. I would have loved if they'd got Bruce Willis just to do that, like, cameo voice. Like, grow a moustache, it'll be fun. You'll look handsome. Bruce Willis, I'm, sh- I'm assuming he must have been on The Simpsons by now, right? You would think so. Shall we look it up? Let's look it up. We have this thing called the wide, World Wide Web. Let's look it up. The Wild World. The Wild Wild, wild West. World the Wild Wild Web. web. <laughs> the Wicked Wild Wild Web. One web. Bruce Willis Simpsons. Let's have a look. All right. Has he been on The Simpsons? Bruce Willis is a German-born American actor. Uh, that is not helpful. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's got the Hitler mustache because he's born in Germany. I think he's just been mentioned on the 
He's just been mentioned on the show. He's never been, yeah, first mentioned. Yep, so he's never actually appeared on it. Ah, well, maybe one day. Maybe they'll do a diehard reference or something you can come on. Maybe. But getting back to the episode once again. (laughs) (laughs) We'll get there. (laughs) I said this little helper eats Homer's burger. I mean, he's he's a pretty naughty dog in this episode, but it does not justify- But he's also a dog. If you're going to leave a burger out- That is true. I tell you though, Jet is, you know, he has his faults, but he will not steal food. He will not oh, steal food. Good boy, Jet. Yeah, he's a good dog when it comes to that. And um, but he you know, he does not justify Homer choking Senzel Helper. There's something about seeing him choke the dog and the dog yelping. I was like, oh, that's confronting. Yes. Oh, that's not good. No, yes. that's not good at all. It's not. It's not right. I can't. I can't condone or tolerate dog choking. At Take, all. Taking on a human, even if it's a small child like Bart, it's like, mm, you know, <laughs> you've that's got a sort of a. Fu- you got sort of a fighting chance. No, not really. <laughs> but Marge suggests he uses a choke chain. Then Marge gets to prepare the emergency ham, ham. so that he can make sense of how watch him eat it through the window. He then proceeds to eat Homer's beer. This is actually was, was going to be one of my favourite moments. I like the wow because this reporter he he tends to walk by like he walked by in the episode <laughs> Three Eyes and Every Fish, and he, yeah. he he took the photo of Bart with with, the, with Blinky. I love the this only comes once in a lifetime. Damn. Once, Once in a lifetime. <laughs> yeah, that reporter's responsible for just... It's not even a joke, but I just love it. Um, I think it's in a uh, Bobo episode. <laughs> um, Burns is like playing with his bear in the uh, in the sandpit or he's what a scoop. Like, ha- having a tea party or something with Maggie. <laughs> what a scoop. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. What a scoop is just hilarious. <laughs> what a scoop! I don't think that's the same guy. It could be. Uh, oh, maybe no, it is, but probably the, not. But, but it's <laughs> the same kind of guy. Yeah. What a scoop! <laughs> what a what a scoop! <laughs> <laughs> we need to review that episode soon for a classic Patreon. The rose. <laughs> I'm sorry. That'll no. just be half an hour of me just going. <laughs> <laughs> what a scoop! Uh, I like the title here. Ale of the pup. Mm. And Stacy Keach returns here for as HK Duff, the seventh. Yes, the seventh, yes. And he thinks they've found their new spokesman because Duffman, uh, you know, he's just he's just a, a slob now, isn't he? He could use a real eye. Uh, what about the kids? Duff Girl and Duff Lad. That was <laughs> <laughs> part of a Super Bowl commercial. Yeah, they were one-shot characters for the Super Bowl. <laughs> They're now going over the contract at the Simpsons house and he has to change his name to Suds McDuff. Homer doesn't care, though, as long as he gets the checks made out to him. And Lisa points out the, the royalties in perpetuity. Uh Bottomless cake of beer, cake of beer and unlimited use of the Duff corporate jet. What do you think of Homer's vision here? Again, one of those things it was that's bizarre, like, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it would have been funny if it was just him in like evening wear or whatever. But the whole thing with there's no pilot. What? I guess it sort of makes sense. I mean, you get the jet, but you don't get the pilot. Maybe it's kind of um. Kind of like a Family Guy esque cutaway. This bit just seems a little bit, a little bit mm. out there. But anyway, he welcomes Sanzel Helper back to the family, and Bart points out, you know, just yesterday you said you hated him. So Bart's <laughs> always been on Sanzel Helper's side throughout this episode. Yeah. We then get Krusty with a prickle snake, and this is where they, they're watching <laughs> the Krusty show. They cut to commercial, and we see Sanzel Helper's Duff commercial. I like the, the 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 lever from power up to party down, party down, <laughs> <laughs> and he's a spokesman for NASA. Now, that was going to be one of my questions, except I did not write it down, so that was not one of my questions. I believe it was something along the lines of the National Association of Sellers, Sellers of Alcohol. Alcohol, yeah, yeah, it sounds about right. But I did like Lisa pointing out the logic. Why, do the, why does the dog have a human girlfriend? Ah, people do weird things in ads, like eat at Arby's. They always hang <laughs> shit on Arby's. I've, I, 
Is Arby's still a thing in America? What, I what, believe it is. What's the equivalent I'm, in Australia of a, of an Arby's? Hmm. Do we have that kind of thing? Because we either have we either have full on fast food or we have yes. restaurant. We don't really have like a diners, like a, like a cheesecake factory or. A, well, we do have the cheesecake factory. No, we, there's one in there's one in Separation Street. That's the cheesecake shop. Is it <laughs> okay? Do you know what the cheesecake factory is? It's, it's a place restaurant where they that, make cheesecake. It's, it's, it's a restaurant that has like it's it's my favorite place in the whole fucking wide world. Like it's just oh, okay. it's like <laughs> tell me more. It's giant meals at affordable prices, which was what I was all about when I was in America. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> like, cool. Like you, you order a starter and it's like four sliders. <laughs> it's like ten. It's like five bucks. Holy shit! <laughs> <laughs> so the cheesecake factory basically has it's like a it's like a full on awesome restaurant. People in America are probably going, fuck it, Cheesecake Factory. That's, that's pathetic. But they have a really good um, dessert bar, which is why it's called the Cheesecake oh, Factory. Okay. They do good cheesecake. But yeah, Cheesecake Factory is my my place of choice when I go to America. <laughs> okay. Well, is Arby's a burger joint or is it like a diner like, you know, Bob like Denny's. Big Boy? Or like a Denny's? Yeah. Arby's. Like let's, Denny's. let's have a look. All right. Let's go to the Arby's wiki page. They'll give us a, a Because I am conflating Arby's and Carl's Jr. Mm-hmm. It looks similar. So, Arby's is the flagship property of Inspire Brands. Um, in, in addition to its classic roast beef and beef and cheddar sandwiches, Arby's products mm. also include a deli-style market fresh line of sandwiches, Greek gyros, gyro, sorry, curly mm. fries, and shakes. Its headquarters. So, it sounds like it's a, it's, it seems like a fast food place, but a bit- Like that does sandwiches? So yeah. Like Subway, but unhealthier? Yeah, which is what I'm all about. Mm. So, I wonder if you get like a New York style deli sandwich. Yeah. All right, uh, American friends, uh, give know. us the give us the word up on Arby's, if you please. Simpsons mailbag at gmail.com. Please do write in and let us know what the hell is Arby's. Mm. <laughs> and should we go there if we ever do return to America, if we're ever allowed to. <laughs> yes. The family then receive 10 wads of cash. <laughs> and the Santa's Little Helper is now the second best in the family. Did you notice that Vegas Wife was on the list as Vegas well? Vegas Wife was at the bottom of the list. Yeah. yeah I was, one of my questions was, can you rank the Simpsons kids on the list? I can't. So, I'm going to assume it's going to be Lisa, Maggie, Bart, Vegas Wife. It's actually Lisa, Bart, Maggie. Oh, okay. There you are, old pal. <laughs> I finally found you. Who the hell are you? I'm this dog's owner. I raced him at the Greyhound track under the name Santa's Little Helper. Good times. Well, he's not yours anymore. You threw him out on Christmas Eve. Yeah, don't listen to him, Mr. Duff the Seventh. We took this dog in and loved him, and that makes him ours. Oh, really? Well, this tape says different. Kent, let me make this perfectly clear. I have no dog. Dad, you can't let him take our dog. (gasps) My watch! I never even broke the wrapper. Who's going to eat my homework now? <laughs> I just like Bart's line of, who's going to eat my homework now? I, I like yeah. Bart is always a... Santa's Helper is Bart's fr- best friend. He has Millhouse, he has all the other friends, but his dog is his best friend. And I do love that connection that they have there. They always yeah. play on that whenever Santa's Little Helper is in some sort of trouble. But we come back from commercial and Bart tries to fetch with Snowball, but that's just not going to happen at all. Suds is now on Regis and Kelly, and it's just, <laughs> it's just, I don't know. I, the, the sad thing is I can imagine this actually happening with Spuds McKenzie. 
Hey, Spuds. I think I think Spuds was pretty much everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Back in the back in the day, just a dog. They just put fucking sunglasses on him. So <laughs> put sunglasses on a dog. Yeah. <laughs> Bart thinks that you know, poor Sands will help, but he's being overworked. He wants to help him. We get the clip of the game show and whatnot, and. <laughs> I like Marge's line. That man exploits his pets more than Bob Guccione. Do you want to explain to the listeners who he is in case they're not sure? Okay. Everyone's heard of Hugh Hefner, I'm guessing. Heard the, of pet uh, fan, haven't you? The founder of Playboy magazine. Well, mm. Bob Guccione uh, was the founder of Penthouse magazine, which- It's like the carny version of Hugh Hefner, right? A little bit. I mean, apparently Guccione was a fairly smart and- Until the end. A- not untasteful individual. Yeah, I mean, Penthouse was a little raunchier than Playboy. He tried to get Monica Lewinsky to pose nude. <laughs> True. Yeah, look. In the, I mean, di- the, in the dying a, days. The guy was a smart peddler. <laughs> but, uh, you know, some people like smart. He gave, the, he gave the Unibon his own fucking column. Hmm. He was equidistant between Hugh Hefner and Larry Flint, let's say. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, so, I mean, if you wanted to appear like, hmm, I'm reading this magazine for the articles, you got Playboy. If you were just a straight-up wanker, you got Hustler. But it's like, hmm, there might actually be something interesting in this penthouse, and hmm, that's a little more <laughs> uh, of that lady than I expected to see. We then get Bart crying, and they cry sh- like actual tears coming out of his eyes. It's not often we actually get that. Hmm. Like he's, he's actually openly crying. And, yeah, just they really played up the, the Bart angle in this, which I thought fit the character, because he would miss Anne's little help. He would want him back. I'll help you get him back. He may have been a dirty, stinking coward, but show me a Simpson that isn't. I'm not a coward. All right, you're not a coward. And that's beside the point because... Look, to get our dog back, we need a plan. A plan, eh? Okay, we'll use a plan. There is a still here, like is a, a Simpson's face, as they would put it. A frame where Homer looks fucking terrifying. Oh, God. So, if you go on Frinky, I can find this moment and just skim through. There's one part mm. here. He looks so... And you'll know it when you see it, too. It's horrific. Oh. <laughs> it's, it's really, really scary. But um, but they say that they need a plan. And they arrive at Springfield Men's Mission for Duff... And they, they go to get Duffman. Poor Gil gets kicked out and eventually sells his eyes. Eyes. <laughs> Pop it out. The family then find Barry Duffman teaching adult mathematics, but using alcohol as a way to, uh, to teach it. I couldn't get that sum that he was trying to do, no, by no, the way. No. no. He now prefers helping the less fortunate, but then slowly transforms back into Duffman. But as we discussed at the start of this episode, it felt rushed. Yeah. One minute he's a slob, then he wants a job, and then he, he's happy not being Duffman, and then 10 seconds later he wants to be Duffman again. Yeah. We need a Duffman's fall from grace. Yeah. Uh, and and he's, he's been in the show long enough now where I think fans would have... Would have Appreciated been around that. for the ride. Yeah, they would have liked it. Yeah, for sure. Mm. But he gets his trademark headgear back, and the the guy here thinks he's Jesus. Jumps out the window. Stay cool, hopeless drunks. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think Duffman's kind of like the equivalent of a Zap Brannigan from Futurama? A bit. <laughs> I think those two are definitely cut from the same cloth. Yeah. We're now at Duff Beach volleyball because you know it's something. It's to something do. to do. <laughs> Homer will pretend to drown, and Santa's little helper because he's a wuss. They'll all expect him to save him, but he won't. And then this is where Barry steps in to save the day. But he's a bit over the top, isn't he? I'll give it a rest. Barry. Like Marge is willing to put him in his place. But then we get Suds being crowned. What was he being crowned again? King of Six Pakistan. <laughs> and the kids then put Sansal Hubble on the spot because Homer's out in the water. 
and you know, everyone's down. Got all eyes on Sad's little helper or on Suds. Suds McKen- What's his name? Suds McDuff. Sorry, Suds McDuff. Yeah, yeah. He goes out to the water. He touches the water and runs back in fear. We get not the same joke here from Agnes and Skinner. I swear they've done like, the same thing like three times this season. Mother, I was mother, I was in Vietnam. I, you know, I'm a war veteran. Yeah. Well, rah, 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 rah. Like, I swear, like she said something mean. He's gone. I'm a veteran, mother. Oh yeah. Well, blah blah blah. Like that seems to be the the setup and the punchline each time with these two now. Yeah, you, God knows I love Agnes Skinner, but yeah, you need to work her a bit better than they, than you have been, people. I'm now thrashing around like an injured seal. Seal. <laughs> <laughs> Now's your chance, Duff Man. You can save my dad and look like a hero. Don't send a Duff Dog to do a Duff Man's job. Hold on, sir. Soon you'll be filling your lungs with Duff, Duff Light, or new Duff Blue. Tap into the Peppermint Glacier. Ha! Are you there, God? It's me, Duffman. Homer tries to. How did the beautiful naked girl make it out alive in Jaws? <laughs> <laughs> the shark then bites the keg, gets all drunk, and old HK. No, Duff- no, another nice shout out to Jaws, by the way. I, that think that's is, the- I didn't pick up on that. You're right. Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. And HK Duff gets the idea. Guys want to be him. Girls think they can change him. <laughs> change him. <laughs> <laughs> Duff McShark and the old owner gives Sansa Hubbard back I thought, yeah I've got here it's just a bit weak this ending here of just the ah oh, you deserve to go to a loving family I'm like what mm-hmm. what he's meant to be a horrible person don't make me like him but I want to like him yeah and then Homer tells Marsh to prepare the celebration ham but all she's got is the earthquake ham and condolence ham ham Ma- Marge, they're just hams okay. hams <laughs> <laughs> do you have like a celebratory meal like when you've had a good day or you're you, you want to treat yourself to something. Mm. What is it for you? You, you got to, what, One that you cook and one that you purchase. Oh. For me, it's a either a chicken pizza with double chicken or it's a chicken souvlaki <laughs> with double chicken. <laughs> <laughs> I think maybe a celebratory meal. I mean, aside from the sort of regular fast food that I'll get that I really shouldn't get, but... You actually turned me on to it. And it's, it's not a place that I've gone back to, but um, is it Smashville or Smash? The Smashville Chicken Burgers, yeah. Yeah. That chicken burger I have from there, admittedly, it took forever to make. Oh, fuck. I hope it did. <laughs> but it was so worth it. Was it good? Yeah. So, I didn't have one it, of them. It was a really nice one. I had yeah, the, the so. four patty beef one. <gasps> and it was only like $14 as well. That sounds righteous. I think I might have to go uh, get me some of that action. Yeah. Uh, if I'm making something myself- I'll usually do like an all-day simmering pasta sauce mm. or like a nice bolognese sauce or a dirty great um, lemon chicken risotto. I was going to say risotto is the key, but Nicole's going to make it because she's much better than me. Don't you <laughs> make your um, your sausage, your Kranskis? There is that too. Okay, the occasional, um, yeah, just big beef or pork sausage. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, some, some nice mash, some peas. Oh, my God. Oh, I haven't eaten yet, so- well, let's wrap this ne- up. Neither have I. You know what I've got? Leftover risotto. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've got some leftover curries, but hmm, I might go out and get a burrito. Yes, do that. So now at the end of the episode, Homer's all happy. He loves Santa's little helper once again, despite the fact that he's peed on the rug. He's left a big surprise in his lunchbox. <laughs> a big hug. <laughs> yeah. It's probably that stupid cat. The, the cat saved your life last week. Yeah, we'll eat the last can of tuna. <laughs> you ate the last can of tuna. Everyone's against me. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> very, very what, have, what have you done for me lately? Yes, exactly. So that is the end of Old Yellow Belly. So you, you know, you said it was kind of just in there episode, and I can completely agree. I can see from your perspective. I enjoyed it. I thought it was a bit of fun, but I am a big sucker for Duffman and Sam's Little Helper <laughs> episodes. I, just, I thought well, it was in that just, case, this episode had Dando all over it. It certainly did. What do we learn, Palmer? So, what did you learn from the episode, Mister Davis? Uh, that both Homer and myself were ahead of the curve on cats. It sucks! <laughs> I learned to never trust the Amish. <laughs> well, certainly not with electricity. No, Anything no. else, I think... Very industrious. Yeah, for the uh, construction of fine wooden structures, yes, go to the Amish. You want to play dice? Go with the Mennonites. From this day forward, your names will be... It's the new name challenge, the Guy Davis new name challenge for Old Yellow Belly. The current leaderboard stands at this, Mr. Davis. In third position, we have a tie, two people, Steve Roberts and Luke McKay. In second position, we have Talia and Likes, <laughs> 17 points in second. And of course, the one, the only, Philip J. Hawkins <laughs> on 25 points in first position. Do we know his middle initial is in fact J? Has he told us that? I don't know, but... Philip J. Fry from Futurama. I'm going with it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure the Hawk will appreciate that. He certainly will. All right. Well, let's get on with it, shall we? Um, let's just skip straight to the uh, to the gold, silver, and bronze this time around. No honourable mentions. No honour in this crew. Uh, never. One- never has been. Never will be. <gasps> how dare you? How dare you? How, how uh, dare you? <laughs> I should stop disrespecting Greta that way. She's she's a, a little queen, she is. Um, one point, one single solitary point, goes to Giles. 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 <laughs> Giles. Giles? <laughs> where, do you, where do you go to work out, guy? At the gym? Yes. <laughs> oh, the game. Oh, the game. <laughs> um, it goes to Giles Richard. Giles Richard, what's he got for us? He gave us Pooch Hooch. Pooch Hooch, yeah, it works. Yeah. I, I would have preferred Hooch Pooch. Hoochie Poochie. Or, or that even. But Pooch Hooch is pretty good. Gets a point. You know, it gets two points. Or who gets two points? Is it Philip J. Hawkins? No. It's Talia. Oh, Talia. Ooh, she's, she's working her way up. She's only seven behind now. Mm. There's every chance she could uh, catch up to old Philip J. Hawkins at some stage. She gets two points for Wuss in Booze. Wuss in Booze, yeah, that's pretty good. I mean, at the time, Shrek was still a theme. Well, Puss in, I think Shrek 2 might have come out by this point, so Puss in Boots, everyone was all about it. Mm. I remember when Shrek 2 first came out, everyone was all about Puss in Boots. Of course they were. Antonio Banderas just killed it. Yeah. Puss in Boots. Got his own spin-off and everything. He did. Those eyes. Remember that scene where he's Aww. looking all sad? <laughs> In boots. In boots. <laughs> uh, I love Mr. Banderas. Senor Banderas. You love The Mask of Zorro, don't you? I do. That is a fantastic movie. One of the best action-adventure movies of the last half century is uh, is my take on that. Mask of Zorro. Fantastic. Legend of Zorro, the sequel, not so good. Not so good? Okay. Wish they hadn't made it, <laughs> in all honesty. <laughs> uh, but that's distracting from three points. Three points. And who's it go to? Folks, I hate to say it, but it looks like this competition might be done and dusted for 2021 because oh, no it's Philip way. Hawkins. Oh, Jesus Christ, guy. <laughs> I, I, I tried my best, but, you know, when someone brings their A game, game has to respect game. What's Phil got for us this week? Phil gave us two good ones, and okay. I think they're both pretty good. I'll be the judge of that. Okay. It's the 
Is it the Brenda Dando new name challenge or is it the Kurt Davis new name challenge? <laughs> <laughs> oh, trouble in paradise, folks. Um, anyway, back to Philip Hawkins's uh, not one but two new names for this title: um, the Booze Hound, mm-hmm. and that's, that's, sca- that's like spot on. <laughs> yeah, and, and Scare of the Dog. Yeah, see, Bo- Booze Hound works well because it's that's literally a term. I I, I mean this in. Like all due, res- all due respect, Giles, <laughs> but it's kind of like the better version of what he said. <laughs> it is, <laughs> Giles. We we have mispronounced your name and disrespected <laughs> your, your entry. <laughs> if you, if you want to, you know, turn in your patron and get some like a pro rata refund. Well, you're not going to get that, but <laughs> we would wholly understand. We no, love you, Giles. But we yes. love you, Giles. Uh, well, we're going to pronounce your name correctly from now on, and if you keep bringing us new titles you may get a point or two or even three for them at some stage please Giles alright so that, this is but, episode 19 of the season so it's going to be very hard to catch Phil Hawkins from here he may have secured it but we shall find out in the new year because this may be the last episode of Four Finger Discount we review for uh, 2021 because there's going to be some Christmas specials and some very special bonus reviews coming up in between now and the end of the year so this may be the last Season 14 episode review of the year. So we'll find out in 2022 if Phil Hawkins can be caught. You've got, you've got a few weeks there to leave to try and think of ways to knock him off. Listen, <laughs> come up with some smear campaign where we're like, you can't, you can't give it to Philip Hawkins, not that guy. But honestly, at this stage, it's like you know a Brownlow metal camp where someone has just jumped ahead and... Everyone's like, going home. Everyone's like, might as well get drunk. Spot on. All right, so that is the new name championship for Old Yellow Belly. It's now time, Mr. Davis, for it is some mailbag. Jamil, Jamil is here. Ooh. All right, let's hop onto the mailbag, the Patreon mailbag to begin with. Mm-hmm. Okay, what have we been asked? We have been asked by Andrew JP. Who is your favourite mascot, either of a sporting team or in advertisements? So. Going back to when I was a kid, the ones that spring to my mind were Caramello Koala. I loved oh. it. I loved the tune. Caramello Koala. Do you remember those commercials? I do remember that commercial indeed. But the, the best mascot for me was, because I love the commercials as well, was the Yogo. Oh, remember that? Yeah. Barry. I'll go back to you, Barry. Remember those commercials, the claymation ones? And it was like, <laughs> do you remember those? Only vaguely. It's been oh, a while. I mean, they it- were like iconic of my childhood. Look them up. You'd definitely know what it is. That mm-hmm. Well, you don't know the line, I'll go back to you, Barry. You don't, you don't remember that line? It's sort uh, of. I guarantee I'm, if you I'm, watched it. It was, um, like a ta- it, was, it was basically like a takeoff of speed. Like there's a high speed chase down with the oh, bus and stuff. Okay. But it was like four commercials. But if you played them back to back to back, they made one little short film. Uh, I get you. Yeah, but that y- Yogo, the the chocolate, it's kind of like snack packs for kids. Oh, I, I, I recall Yogo. I mean, even as yeah. a grown-up, I think I was like, you know what, it go down real well right now It's a Yogo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think you still get Yogos. Well, I hope you can because kids are missing out if they're not. But um, I also do love the original, uh, this is AFL team, the Geelong Halfcat. You know, the 1990s Halfcat, the early one? That was yes. the best one in my opinion. It looks, it looks so just... Too clean now. The old one just looked very mascotty. It's much better. Yeah, I mean, I like the idea of just a, a ragged old half cat suit that's yeah. you know down in some locker somewhere in the bowels of KP, and you know you drag it out of the out of the cupboard. It just reeks, but you got to get into it. I like that. Um, look, I was also partial to I've forgotten what what name he actually went by, but 
the guy in the cheer squad, I think he was Catman. Was he Catman? Oh, yeah. He's, yeah, yeah, who had the makeup and everything like that. Yep. I think, all due respect to the Geelong Football Club, I think they might have done him a bit dirty in all honesty. They I did, yeah. They fucked him over. <laughs> they did. And I believe, well, I won't say his actual name. I mean, it's, yeah, it's I'm probably, friend, yeah, friends it's, with the actual dude on Facebook as well. Yeah, I know him. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's, good, he's a good friend of the lovely Louise. Okay. Yeah, they knew each other back in the day, and uh, when he was a when Louise was an underage clubber, Ooh. <laughs> you you rascal, Louise. She she was indeed. Uh, yeah, so look, I was partial to that guy. He always seemed to have a. I don't know if he was a mascot as such, but he was. He, he was the cheer squad. The cheers, every every team has that one guy from the cheer squad. I'm not sure whether you guys have cheer squads in America or in, overseas, but. In Australia, for AFL, we have like a little group of dedicated hardcore fans, and they're the cheer squad, and they sit behind the goals at each end, and they have the big, what do you call the pom pom things and yeah. the flags, and they're basically just like a yeah, we call it the cheer squad. Every team has their honorary leader of their cheer squad. Yeah, I think in the US they just have like tailgaters or tailgate yeah. parties, and in the UK they have footy hooligans. Yes, <laughs> just just hooligans in general, but um, but. Yeah, so he was um, he was definitely a, an iconic member of the Geelong Football Club community for a long time. Yeah, so props to Catman. And if we're talking also corporate sponsors, this is going way back into time when kids needed to be when cars were a novelty, but and kids had to be sort of taught road safety. And who better to do it than a probably a middle aged out of work actor in a cat outfit? It was Hector the Safety Cat. Oh, okay. Yeah. What, what did he used to do? Just teach you how to put your seatbelt on, or look to the left, look to the right, look to the left again, and then. Then you could cross the road. Okay. I don't know if that was actually Hector's theme song, but there was a theme song that's a, look to the left, look to the right, look to the left again. Then when the road is clear of traffic, walk straight across the road. Don't run, walk straight across the road. There you go. I've never, ever heard that in my life. That, this is, it's good advice in a catchy yeah, yeah. tune. I remember the, the slip, slop, slap bird. This would be one when I was a kid. Slap on some sunscreen. Slop, mm-hmm. Slip on, no, slip on a hat. Slap on some slip, slop some sunscreen. You slip on the sunscreen. Slip on no no slip on sunglasses, mate. No, because it's slop on sunscreen and slap slip on. Slip on a shirt. Slip on a shirt, sunscreen, and a hat. Yes, yes, that was it. Yeah, yeah. Also, one final one. Do you remember the Dolomites from Commonwealth Bank? I am aware of the Dolomites, and if you sang a song, I would probably know them. Do no, I don't know. S- I don't know any song. I just know they, they just made banking fun when you were a kid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't spend your money, kids. Give it to this corporation. <laughs> Next question here comes from Giles Richard. <laughs> oh, no! I'm sorry, Giles. It's Giles Richard. I'm just imagining... For some reason, I just keep hearing like Niles from the nanny in my head. Oh. But what is the most impressive thing you have ever seen one of your pets do? Um, I don't know if this was super impressive, but I do recall that in the early days when I first got Basie and he was a little kitten, uh, I had one of those scratching posts for him that also had a ball that, you know, spins around on it. So it's a scratching post, but it's also, you know, teaching cat skills. And I had it in the hall and I was looking down the hall and, and I could look him, I could see him sort of having a go at it. And it was like watching a Bruce Lee training montage or something because you could see these little paws going, wah, 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 wah. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't the think it's eye super of Im- the tiger. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it was super impressive, but it was awfully cute. It would have been. I remember once Jet. So he was like down the side of the house. I don't know what he did, but he like knocked something. Like, so he was down the side, he went into the garage, sorry, and he knocked something, and all this shit like fell down. And we thought he was done for. He like knocked stuff off the shelf, like the shelf fell over. We thought he was underneath a pile of scrap. And all of a sudden, you see things just start sort of moving. 
Like, and it's getting closer and closer and closer. Kind of like Velociraptors in the high grass. You just see like stuff <laughs> yeah. moving. And all of a sudden, you just see his ass like reverse. He's like, he reversed out backwards. Oh. Couldn't see where he was going. And I was like, you little genius. Like, just like <laughs> little ass wiggling, just going in backwards. But uh, one thing I remember, Jet, I was, the most thing I've ever been impressed with was we taught him sign language. <gasps> so if we do this thing, obviously this is a visual thing. But I'll just do it for you. you. Just tap your hands on top of each other like that. Hmm. In sign language, when you're teaching a hearing dog, uh, that means go to your bed. So now when Jet's playing up, we just go, we don't have to say anything mm. and he'll just go straight to his bed and stay there until we let him off. Nice work, Jet. Yeah, little genius. All right, let's do one more question. This is from Henrik Vinterland. If you could have your pet be a mascot for any product, what would it be? Well, it means what would you get in returns? You've got to think of the benefits of having your dog as a mascot. Don't That's you? true. So it's KFC, obviously. Well, <laughs> <laughs> look, for some reason, uh, when I look at Basie, who's a very sleek, elegant black cat, I tend to think of like, I don't know if they really make them anymore, but like after dinner mints, you know, those mm-hmm. like thin little dark chocolate mints with a yeah, yeah. Um, the minty inside. G- green and silver wrapper, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yep. It's like, I get the feeling you've got some scene of it's a, it's a intimate post-meal environment, the fire's going or whatever, and basically the cat is sort of like slinking around being all elegant, then it's like mints for after dinner or, or some <laughs> shit like that. I don't know. I'm not Don Draper. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but I think he'd be quite good at that. Well, Jet's an absolute fucking maniac, so. <laughs> ADHD medicine for dogs yeah. or something. Did I, did I tell you that once Jet saw my dad out the front and got so excited that he jumped through the door? So we just had a new flywire screen installed on the door, right? <laughs> it was closed. He jumped into it so hard that he burst it off the hinge. <laughs> that's the kind of dog you want, though. That's, that's a bit. That's a bit of sort of. That's a bit of Santa's little helper style, you know, family love. Yeah, I think that's why I like his episode so much because it just reminds me of, of Jet. He's just a fucking maniac. <laughs> All right, that is enough questions from the patrons. I think we have one question here in the new Simpsons mailbag. Let's just let me go to here and have a look. Mm-hmm. Yeah, SimpsonsMailbag at gmail.com. If you have any messages for us or you want to send us a question, this is from Steve Bartlett. He says, which barfly do you think that you could easily replace in real life? Do you mean fictional barfly? So I think he means which one do you relate? Which one? Just say these. This was a real bar. Oh. Mo's, Mo's bar was a real bar. Which one of them do you think you could replace? Like which one do you think you're the most like? I think is what he means. I imagine I'd be a Lenny. I think I, I for some reason thought Lenny as well. I think he seems the most normal of yeah. anyone. I don't think I'm as far gone as uh, as Barney. Um, or do I'm, I'm not, are you, I'm not are cool you, enough you, to be Carl? Are you Sam? What that guy that sits on the end with a hat? You only occasionally see him. I'm, I'm Joey Jojo. Yeah. <laughs> Hello. My name is Guy Incognito. <laughs> one of my, it's one of my favourite uh, memes or just yep. uh, just images to use. It's just Guy Incognito holding his hand to his chest. <gasps> Nothing beats when you fucking posted that meme on the work Skype that time. <laughs> I may have told the story, but I'm going to tell it again. So, guy gets told, gets a tap on the shoulder, said that there's no work anymore. Then, about 10 minutes later, a message goes out in the staff, all staff Skype group. Hey, guys, don't worry. We're going to be hiring some more people soon. And then you put a meme of Guy Incognito. It was the fucking funniest thing. Like, we laughed for days about that. <laughs> oh, man. What a day. Anyway... <laughs> That was pretty funny. It was, yeah. Simpsons Mailbag at gmail.com. If you have any questions for us, you want to send us a message, we do love to hear from each and every one of you. And don't forget to please continue to rate and review us 
on the iTunes store or Apple Podcasts, as they prefer to now be called. Follow us on Instagram at Four Finger Discount, at Four Finger Pod on Twitter. If I don't say it now, if you don't listen to any other episodes between now and Christmas, I hope you all have a fantastic Christmas and a merry, I don't know, a merry Christmas and a happy new year. Are we going to say merry Christmas anymore? We are indeed. Look, but I'm going to throw in the uh, the, the ger- generic one, happy holidays. to wh- how, However you choose to celebrate at this time of year, the people that you uh, that you love or even like a whole lot, draw them close to you, let them know that you care. Uh, but just, you know, put your feet up a little bit. Be good to yourself primarily. I mean, it's been a rough couple of years, a bit of rough sledding. Uh, so Spoil yourself a- and look after yourself. Pretty much. Dando summed it up quite nicely. I could have gone on for another few minutes. And I might still. <laughs> no, no. Uh, no. Happy holidays to, to everybody. Speaking for Dando and myself, I'm so very, very happy to continue to be able to, to do the show uh, and to be part of your lives in some small way. Yes, we do love you all. All right, guys. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. And we'll catch you guys in 2022. Mr. Davis, any final words for the listeners? Dando. Prepare the emergency ham. Shh.